Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstracks is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstracks.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Welcome to PI Perspectives. This week, we welcome back Jim Nanos from PI Gear. Matt and Jim catch up regarding the New Jersey State Association and DMV, and then talk about the state of investigator gear in 2022. Please welcome Jim Nanos and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Uh, today, I am uh, happy to welcome a fellow podcaster and a really good friend and a fellow New Jerseyan, uh, if that's even a word. I want to welcome Jim Nanos back to the program. Jim, how are you? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. I, I really enjoy chatting with you and I, I love this. Yeah, yeah. We haven't chatted in a while and I figured it'd be uh, good to have you back on and just, uh, you know, talk about some things about what's going on and uh you know you have pi gear and, and pi magazine and just getting your pulse on uh, on what's been going on this year it's been barnstormers stop start all this craziness covid no covid you know it's just uh it's just nuts so uh how are you just do- an understatement i think Matt. yeah yeah so how, how are you doing man what, what's what's going on Keeping busy uh business the pi business is is good um i didn't see a real slowdown during covid i, I actually think my business picked up a little bit mm-hmm. um so i'm just handling cases and trying to, you know, take one day at a time and, and keep things moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all doing that. I mean, I've seen a significant shift in, in caseload. I mean, it's just, it's nonstop. It's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny you say yeah. that because I, I've given this so much thought as to why some people are, are, are busier now. And I think COVID gave the opportunity for some PIs maybe to say, this is time to retire. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's more work. I, I really think there may be fewer of us doing it than an increase in a volume of work. I, I just yeah. think there, I know in my particular case in my county where I work, there's two other PIs that just said, hey, you know, COVID came around. I took the opportunity. I retired. It's time to you know cash it in and just uh, retire. Yeah. So in my particular case, I've picked up some of their workload. And I think that might be reflective as what's happening to some people around the country is there's just fewer, fewer of us doing the work right now. That may change. You know, as, as guys in law enforcement, guys and girls retire and and they come back into, into our, our profession. But for now, I just think there's fewer of us doing it. And that will happen. You know, that will happen there, there, at least in, in New York anyways, there is this huge, you know, you got to be vaccinated or you can't work. Okay. I'm going to take my retirement. Right. So there's going to be this big influx of private investigators. I mean, I, I think in in my opinion, like going forward in next year or so, you're going to see the numbers really, really jump folks just saying like, okay, time for a career change. So yeah, there, there is that, that drop off. Um, I think a lot of it has to do also with 
um, spending the past year or two, my clients anyways, trying to settle cases. Some of them settled, some of them haven't, um, you know, not being able to try cases. Now they're able to try cases. So it's like, okay, I've sat on this file for a year. I really need to move it. Um, now we're going to kick everything into, into gear. Like, so that's what I'm seeing. Yes. I've gotten new clients and yes, I think I've picked up market share, um, from some investigators that aren't doing it, but I think on a, on a whole more, it's more that, um, these cases have been sitting around, they're burning a hole in, in my file cabinet and I got to get rid of them. So let's work them up and move them. That's really more, I think what they, in my opinion, anyways, as to what, um, is causing this to happen, but. Who knows? I agree. <laughs> um, they're paying the uh, <laughs> the checks aren't bouncing, <laughs> which is good. Uh, we're just uh, you know just just been barnstorming. I mean, my staff is is you know, folks have heard the ads. I've been running ads trying to find new people, and that's been difficult also as well. Trying to get good quality people, and that's across the board, everywhere across the country. I talk to investigators all the time from all over the place, and everybody's having the same problem, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been tough finding quality people. Man, if you're a quality person, this is a good opportunity for you to make some money (laughs) because the demand is out there. So you're also the president of the New Jersey Association, and um, I I think just recently you you, you signed on for another two years. Coming up to our election now, so yeah, coming through the process now, probably in the next thirty days. Okay, maybe maybe you'll be there for another two years. Uh, (laughs) That's a strong maybe. but you know, serving on the on the board in, in my New York association, um, you know, you've probably felt the same pinch that we have. You know, numbers are down, and and same thing with COVID. You know, it took out a whole bunch of people, and um, you know, now now there's a sense of like I don't even want to go on Zoom because I'm burnt out on Zoom. Like, when are you having live meetings? Uh, and trying to navigate that in this environment. Breakout, no breakout. Should we do Manhattan? Should we stay out of Manhattan? Go somewhere else because it's it's less restrictions. And you know, will venues guarantee you if you have to cancel? You know, like that you'll guarantee you getting your money back, like that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Um, so, w- what have you been seeing in in the New Jersey Association? Well, when, Matt, when I took over as president about a year and a half ago, um, I've been by way of background, I've been president of a lot of associations in the past. You know, FOP and you know, things like that related to law enforcement and some other associations I've been in. But what I like, what I wanted to do and what we did is we got our board together and I said, let's find out what the most important issue is to our membership. And let's make, we'll make a bang list of what our goals are for the next two years. Right. And we'll, we'll pick the, the hot topic, the thing that gives us the most amount of concern. We'll work on that. And then we'll have a couple other layered topics. And overwhelmingly the biggest issue and of point of frustration with our membership was access to um, New Jersey DMV records. Right. And by, by way of background, we've always had access as a licensed, you know, vetted licensed private investigator in New Jersey. Our licensing process is done through the state police, which obviously is a state agency. Right. Um, so there's never been a question as to it, whether you're vetted or not. If you have your license, you're vetted and you have access to the information. And the policy has always been in New Jersey. We have access to information. And I'm going to remember that word information that will be key here. Right. Uh, the process, uh, there's twofold. You can either do it electronically, a submission, or you can do the paper submission. Um, you have to open up an account, establish an account with them, keep a minimum balance, very similar to what other states do. Right. Um, the problem our membership was running into was the word information was never properly defined within the state policy. And, sure. and what was happening, it was 
reverting back to whoever was the head of or the um, the director of, say, motor vehicle. They used to call it the Vision of Motor Vehicles in New Jersey. Right. Then it transformed and morphed into the Motor Vehicle Commission. Um, and who knows what it is this week. Um, but there's a director of that uh, agency. And he or she would define what information meant to that per- to them, and that would become policy. So we had some uh, directors where we could have access to a whole broad spectrum of information from DNV. And then we had other directors that would come aboard and, and super restricted right. and saying, this is what I define as information. And we were running into this, this massive inconsistency in what licensed PIs could have access to. Um, just by way of example, we've had instances where an investigator would be handling a, an insurance claim and they'd have two motor vehicles involved in an accident. He or she, and this has literally happened many times that we hear about in our association, he or she would submit the paperwork for ownership of both of those vehicles um, on the paper side, same accident, same case number. Right. And one one would one result would be they would provide the information for one driver and the other would say it's not it's not a um, a usable um, request for information. They deny access right. from the same accident, the same fact pattern, same set of circumstances. So it really got to be very difficult for our members to, to get information on a consistent basis. It literally agencies and agency would get together and say, well, I can get that information. And this investigator would say, well, I can't get that information. Right. So we made it a point in my administration. We wanted to try to tackle that head on. And we sort of dovetailed with um, some previous guys who were president, namely uh, Steve Vardakis and Anthony Nigro. Mm-hmm. Um, the approach we took when, when that had come up under their administrations was we will try to work with the director of DMV. And Steve and Anthony, they had, had many meetings with the directors of DMV and you would come to an agreement and everything would be fine. And then that person would retire and the next person would come in and redefine that word information. Right. And we'd be back to square one. Right. And we, we just realized that the definition of insanity is continuing doing the same thing, expecting different results, as they say. And that's what we were doing. So when I came on board, I said, we've got to take a different route. We just can't keep doing this the way it's working. So what we did is um, Anthony Nigro, who's our executive vice president, um, he approached um, Bob Sarafun, who's a number, another one of our members, and we formed a high-level committee in our association of, of myself, Bob Sarafin, Sarafin, Anthony Nigro, Steve Vardakis, Mark Farron, and Jeff Friedman. I'll throw those guys all a shout out. And uh, what we did is we approached a, a legislator, an assemblyman in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We, we, we put our case forward and we asked for help. And they were super responsive. And we're actually going through a legislation, leg, legislative process now of a bill that's been submitted and it's bipartisan support and it's moving forward in the state right. that will define the term information and what we have access to and, and go back to the way it used to be that if you're a licensed PI, you're going to have access to the information. And That's one great. of the most frustrating things that we were encountering, Matt, was use myself for example. I'm a licensed private investigator in New Jersey. I'm bonded. I'm insured. I'm completely vetted by the state of New Jersey. And there's instances where they're telling me, that I, I'm not allowed to have access to the information, but they're selling that information in bulk to big data providers out there. Right. That who knows how they're vetting their people that have access to the information. And I'm not bad-mouthing any data providers. I use them all. Right. But they're telling me I can't have the information, but they'll sell it you know, a, 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 in bulk to third-party vendors who then distribute it you know, who knows how. Yeah. So it, it just got to the point where we had to approach it this way, and, and that's the tack we're taking. Right. Um, assemblyman... Uh, Sean Kane in New Jersey is sponsoring our bill. And again, it has bipartisan support and hopefully it'll be moving forward this year. And, and we're going to get that on the table and we'll be able to start 
obtaining that information as we need and not not by definition of what a, a, a bureaucrat or, or an appointed position defines a person defines information based upon his or her life experience. Right. And that's what was happening. They were taking their life experience and say, well, I don't think you should have access to information. And we we're running that problem. So that's where we're at with that. We're moving forward. Our association has been very supportive. Uh, uh, that committee has just been phenomenal. And, and that's where we look like we're going is, is the, uh, the legislative route. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big step, man. If you can get that passed, that'll be a, a really big deal. It's, and, it's uh, been a two year process, Matt. Yeah. We've been literally doing this and COVID slowed things down a little bit, but sure. um, we just, you know, the other alternative is the, is the litigated. Nobody wants to, nobody do that. wants to do that. Yeah. Um, we don't, we don't have the wherewithal for that, nor, nor the, the desire to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I'd much rather work with somebody than try to become adversarial with them yeah. and, and have to litigate it because we, we just wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to sustain that fight. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. I know one of the frustrating things I deal with, with New Jersey is uh, the temporary license plates. Uh, we've got a huge problem with that in, in New York where folks are just, buying these temporary plates online, apparently. Um, and it's they're the, buying them from junkyards. They yeah, buy them from the yeah. yards. And it's their genius way of, you know, not paying tolls. Yep. Right. So the whole toll system is told by mail and, and, uh, you know, if you don't have easy pass and, uh, they, 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 I read an article that like the city's losing like a su- substantial amount of money because sure. they're not able to collect this revenue. Um, and then when they, you know, they have an accident, they just, disappear <laughs> you know the plates are we gone have, and we have absolutely whatever. no way to get ownership on those paper tags those paper yeah. tags are sold to dealerships mm-hmm. or used car dealers in bulk and who that tag abc123 is actually issued to that record maintains at least for for the longest while at that local dealership the state we can't access it anyway but the yeah. state couldn't tell you you know matt spare has that car right now they're only going to be able to tell you hey it's you know uh brown ford or, or you know jackson Chevy. Yeah. And here, here's the thing, right? So, and I've had this situation. Okay. So let's say you can find that dealership and we have, you know, we've, we've done that. Okay. We know that this plate was assigned to this particular dealership. You go there and they're like, okay, sold it to Jim Jones. Then you go to Jim Jones and, and let's say you camp out in front of his house and you finally get Jim Jones and be like, Hey, I knew you had that accident. You know, you're, you're busted dude. Right. So he's like, okay, I don't have insurance. <laughs> so <laughs> It's like, you've done all that work only for the end result to be like most of those cars aren't insured to begin with. Right. So if they're not, if they're bending the law, they're probably breaking the law, yeah, <laughs> you know, you like, bend it a little. You're yeah, all in. That yeah. person's all in no insurance. No, yeah. probably no driver's license either. Yeah. So we, we've come across that. So what I found is like New Jersey, Texas, Tennessee, like those are the, the major offenders uh, for having, false license plates running around. And it's gotten to the point now where there, there, I, I was going on the Triborough bridge the other day and I saw a sign that said, if you're caught with a fake plate, like, it, like there's a, like a $20,000 fine. I think it was, um, uh, just for, um, for, for trying to do that. So they, the NYPD is aware of this issue and they're, they're trying to crack down on it, but it is a huge, huge problem. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of accidents, hit and run accidents with these, uh, with these vehicles involved and there's really nothing we can do about it. So it's, it's a big dead end. Yeah. So we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're, we're going to, um, shift over more towards gear issues and talk about, uh, some of the issues that have popped up over the last year with, uh, uh, the, uh, the gadgets we all tend to use and that are near and dear to our hearts. So, uh, everybody sit tight and we will be right back. 
Looking for an insurance agent that puts you first? Every PI business is different. That's why OREP Insurance can shop multiple markets to ensure you get the best coverage to meet your unique business needs. OREP's model is business by the golden rule, and for over 20 years, they've built their business by putting their clients first. So come enjoy a fast online application and same-day certificates of insurance at OREP.org. OREP has coverage for armed investigators, executive protection, and even has a separate policy for security firms. The application takes less than five minutes, so visit OREP.org today. OREP.org. In 2019, Investigation Education Consultants added a new affiliate in its never-ending quest to provide quality professional investigative training. IEC is now offering certificate courses and investigative training online. Our website, IECOIT.com, will soon offer a certificate in professional investigation for those interested in entering the investigative field. There'll be standalone investigation classes for those seeking continuing education credits, CEUs, or just interested in taking classes for their own personal or professional interests. The classes currently available are Foundations of Investigation, Legal Investigation, Criminal Investigation, Fraud Investigation, Background Investigation, Interviews and Statements, Skip Tracing Locates, Ethics, and Report Writing. Investigator Toolbox members will receive a 20% discount off the listed price. So visit IECOIT.com. Are you a member of NCISS? Do you know what this great organization does? The National Council of Investigation and Security Services was formed in 1975 to keep a watchful eye on legislation that affects our industry. Now more than ever, there are data privacy and DMV issues popping up all over the country. Consider joining and supporting this much-needed watchdog for our industry. Learn more at NCISS.org. NCISS Hit the Hill is coming. This year, the event will be virtual. Are you interested in learning how to reach out to your senators and congressmen or women? Join this virtual event on May 16th and 17th. Visit NCISS.org to learn more. Get involved in the future of our industry today. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine available online or hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today we have uh, the illustrious Jim Nanos with us from New Jersey. Jim, how are you? I'm doing well, Matt. Okay. Uh, You're one of those guys, Jim, you and I are like kindred spirits, man, because we are workers. We get stuff done. We do things. We got our fingers in many different pots uh, (laughs) of honey and uh, we we do different things. And um, and you've done so much for this industry and uh it's commendable it's an uh, you're an inspiration to me jim uh for, for thanks matt i do uh, appreciate that and coming from you that that's that's very nice yeah yeah you just uh yeah you're just always there and it, it, you're like you, you kind of have the the reputation that i'm starting to get right of just knowing people right <laughs> if somebody needs something done chances are if you call jim they're gonna know uh where he, he's gonna know who to, who to who to call especially when it comes to to gear uh so you've got pi gear uh, it's an offshoot of PI Magazine, the PI Bookstore, and and uh, and all that. And um, tell us a little bit about that, and for folks who don't know, and um, 
you know, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the challenges. So pigear.com is a website. We, we, uh, most of our customer bases are licensed private investigators. We do have a small segment of civilian, non, um, non-licensed people to buy some equipment, but oh, the overwhelming majority is the professional investigator. Right. And um, our, our main selling point is customer service. Um, if you have a question about a piece of equipment, you call the number you're speaking to me. You're not talking to some offshore offshore call center where you know somebody's going to be reading from a script and they may have been troubleshooting toasters on the call before mm-hmm. and telling somebody how to put a bicycle together in the next call and you happen to have a call for GPSs in between. Right. When you call, you're talking to me. I'm a licensed PI, retired law enforcement, uh, soon to be retired military. Um, so I, we speak the same language. Sure. And uh, I I pride myself on saying if you call me for a piece of equipment and it's something that we don't sell. I'm not going to sell you a widget if you need a gadget. If we don't have it, I'm going to say we don't have the piece of equipment that's going to, you're going to need to get your job done. Here's where I think you can go to get it. Um, And anybody who has called me, no, and I'm I'm not a newsy person, but I always ask the people on the the investigator on a call, tell me a little about the job you're trying to do. Um, and, And they'll relate what they're trying to accomplish, what their case goals are. That'll help me help them select maybe a better piece of equipment or the best piece of equipment for that job. Right. So uh, it's not just a matter of you call and say, send me this and, and I ship it out. I, I like to engage with the PI and find out what they're trying to do. And, and I also encourage follow-up calls when somebody buys a piece of equipment, call me back and let me know how it worked out, what the shortfalls were, what we could do to improve the process, even what could be improved in the product. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have a lot of upstream access to the manufacturers, but for, for like LawMate, for example, we do. I pass that on to my distributor and they pass it back on to LawMate. And hopefully somewhere down the line, you know, that little piece of advice or suggestion is used in the development of future pieces of equipment. It's, it's very, yeah. very important. Yeah, it seems LawMate's pretty receptive to that. They're, uh, they, they They're understand. a great company. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The best professional quality that with it is within most of our budgets. Obviously, yeah. there's stuff at government level that's way above any of our, our budgets. But for what we have, what the average PI has to work with a budget for equipment, yeah. the quality is just fabulous and it's consistent um, and it's just a great line. And that's why we care. Yeah. yeah. And if you're, if you're a field investigator and you're just getting started and just trying to figure out like, what do I need? What I, what do I don't need? Like what's, what's a, what's a must have and what's a, what's a want um, that key fob uh, product that they have, that's got the camera in it. That's that wirelessly uh, goes to your phone. Like that's a game changer. If you're looking to, to do something that's a little bit on the down low where you're recording things, um, you know, they've got cameras and eyeglasses and, and sunglasses and things like that. If you you name get, it, Matt, yeah. they put a camera. Yeah. It, it's that's all must have stuff. Um, now you're, when you start talking about wants, you know, you start talking about video cameras and psionic and all that other stuff um, getting into um you know, th- those are, that's higher level stuff that if you're, if you can justify your budget that you do a lot of that type of work, you know, an assignment or two may end up paying for your equipment to start right. off with. Right. And just having the right equipment will give you that advantage. Right. Yeah, that level of equipment is more case specific. Mm-hmm. And the key fob is a great illustration where I'll have somebody will call me up and say, look, I, I'm a newly minted PI. I just obtained my license. I'm retired law enforcement. I want to buy five pieces of equipment. And in my conversation, I find that Maybe they can buy that one key fob, 
and, and accomplish all their goals. It's, it's better to have one piece of equipment that does five jobs than have five pieces of equipment to do one job each. And I've had lots of instances and it's, it's bad for business, but I'll talk myself out of a sale because he or she can accomplish their goals with one piece of equipment rather than buying, you know, give me one of these, two of these and four of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and it happens all the time. And again, that's what I, we pride ourselves on communication and communicating with, with the purchaser or the PI right. and tell me what you're looking to accomplish and we'll fit you or I'll make a suggestion what the best piece of equipment for you is to get into where to get to where you need to go. Yeah. That's the whole customer service angle of it. Um, which is, which is great. You know, you just don't see that for many companies these days. It's always, um, hard and frustrating, especially like, um, like during COVID and whatever, you know, you're not one of the airlines. <laughs> if you call one of the airlines, you've got a, a four, three to four hour wait before you get a live person on the line, which is insane. Yes. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, and that's great. Um, so let's talk about some of the challenges, right? In the, in the past year or so, um, I know uh, offline, uh, you and I are chatting a bit about that. So t- tell me a bit, uh, you know, things you're seeing that, that you're like, oh man, that's uh, that sucks, but it is what it is, right? So overwhelmingly, there are two basic challenges that we're, we're having difficulty. And when I say we, I mean, everybody in the equipment business, you can buy equipment mm-hmm. from a lot of places. I'd like you to buy it from me because I speak your language as we just went all through. But right. the two big issues is shipping. Us, us meaning a distributor, myself being able to obtain equipment. It's slow coming where I used to be able to get things within four or five days. Sometimes I'm waiting months to get a shipment. Mm-hmm. So the shipping is one problem. But overwhelmingly, the bigger issue is just the shortage of what, what we would call chipsets or internal components in equipment. Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, no matter where you buy, what you buy, the chances are that piece of equipment is probably manufactured in China um, or Taiwan and to a lesser degree, Korea and Japan. But over mm. for the vast majority of equipment you buy is manufactured in China or Taiwan. And they're, they're experiencing a chip, shet, a chip set shortage or component shortage. Right. And a lot of the equipment that you buy uses a lot of the same internal components. So with the shortage of equipment, what we find is when I say they, I mean the manufacturers, they're allocating those pieces of those electronics to bigger ticket items opposed to the smaller item. Right. So if you have a, a pen, a really good spy pen, we sell a pen called iSpy Pro. It's a great it's pen. A fabulous love HD it. And it's $79. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Rather than the, the manufacturer putting the technology that's available, meaning the hard components into a $79 pen, they're going to put it into a $500 button camera. Mm-hmm. Because there's a, a better gross margin on that item than there would be on a $79 pen. So what we're finding is a lot of, I don't mean lower end as far as quality. I mean, things that are less money, the less least expensive item or less expensive items. We're having trouble getting the smaller items from the manufacturers. And, and it's a huge problem for us. And what I found is a lot of the PIs, they don't understand that. They think either I just don't have it or the next distributor doesn't have it. The next retailer doesn't have it. And they're going to second and third level vendors, um, namely like Amazon, eBay, some other online um, auction houses. And they think because they see a picture of a pen or a key fob that looks like the one that we sell or somebody else sells, that they're getting the same piece of equipment. And what they're getting is, is in off, a lot of cases, they're getting a substandard product where somebody's just moving seconds or they're moving uh, knockoffs. Um, and, and, and the PI is getting this piece of equipment and they're not they're not happy with the piece of equipment. It's not functioning as advertised or they just can't figure out how to use it because it's, there's no instructions. 
Right. So I, I often tell the, the guy or girl calls, I say, look, if you want this piece of equipment, you know, give me some time. I'll, I'll find out when the order's coming in, but be cautious about going to the secondary vendor or the third level vendor, because you're probably not going to be happy with what you're getting. And, and that's a huge problem for us is just getting the equipment from the manufacturers. Right. Um, I used to, you know, two, three years ago, I put an order in and on Monday and I would have it from China or from my distributor by Friday. Right. Now, I mean, literally, I'll give you an example. We, we have a hat with a, a, a camera, HD, it's called an HC100. It's a little ball cap with a camera. It does audio and video. Very inexpensive. They're about $100, $99. I'm on the backlist for two years to get an order for these. Wow. Two, years, two years, my yeah. order has been pending. They're just not putting the money into a $99 hat uh, for the technology. So, And you see that with cars now. Same thing. Manufacturers yeah. are saying we, we can't produce cars because we can't get the electronic components. So it's it's a industry wide or a worldwide problem yeah. um, that they're trying to address, and and when that is addressed with these electronics and the chipsets and the components being available, then um, the prices won't go down. Prices never go down, right. but the availability will of the equipment will at least free up a little bit. We should be able to get more equipment. Yeah, the, get de- out to the demand industry. is definitely very high. You know, I think you throw into the mix there too that some of the stuff is actually made in Ukraine also. And uh, yeah. they're a little busy these days. So. Yeah, they got, they got a little couple things yeah. going on over there to take yeah. some time. Yeah. I call all the time, but they're, they're just not, I get the answer machine, Matt. Yeah, maybe one day. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely seeing that um, across the board. And it's all electronics. You know, it's not just the investigator industry. Um, so, you know, how, how do you how do you get around that, right? So either you spend the money on the $500 item instead of the $100 item, and maybe it's not the right item. Well, I'll tell you what I've suggested. I've been for years, I've been telling guys and when I say guys, I mean, guys and girls generically, but don't wait until Monday to order the piece of equipment you're going to need on Wednesday. Right. Every PI out there. And what I recommend when I mentor people that are in surveillance, I'm a surveillance guy. That's my thing. Right. I I say, you know, buy that baseline of equipment and have it on your shelf ready to go when you need it. Um, Don't call me on Monday and say, I need a pen in, in a day. Uh, because I might have trouble getting it to you. I got oh. lots of pens right now, but I right. might have trouble getting it. So if you buy that equipment, make that investment in a few different items that you can put up on the shelf they're, or they're in your toolbox ready to go. You won't have that problem where all of a sudden you're looking for that piece of equipment and you can't find it anywhere. And you're going to go to an auction house and buy something that you're not going to get be happy with it when it arrives. It's probably not going to work right. Yeah. So you know, have those items in your toolbox ready to go. If it's a high level item like a, uh, you know, Wi-Fi smoke detector or, or a high end button camera or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Most people can't just invest 500 or a thousand dollars in something to have up on a shelf in case they need it in two years. Yeah. But on those items, you, you're going to have to work with me and give me some lead time and I'll make sure you get the right piece of equipment. And you'll have it ready for your job with the instruction. But for the smaller items that you would probably use much more often on surveillance, make the investment, buy it now, put it up on your shelf so that if we continue to have a shortage of equipment and components, you're not going to be left out there where you're borrowing equipment or you're trying to make do with, you know, putting a round hole in a square peg where it's just not going to work. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And it's like you, you, I I understand why folks do it because, you know, we, we don't get the the call until the last minute. So it's almost like, well, yeah, I wish I knew about this, you know, four weeks ago or five weeks ago, but the guy literally just called me and said, I need you tomorrow or I need you the, the, the following day. So there is that, right? So I, I, I get it. But I, I think you bring up good points about having just that baseline of material available, um, you know, equipment to use 
um, knowing that, hey, there's a good chance if I say I do surveillance that I'm going to get a call and I'm going to need this particular piece of equipment. Right. Um, and, you know, listen, and I, I appreciate you, you saying, hey, buy the one thing that does five things instead of five separate things. I feel like uh, we, we've got the, 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 the nanoism in there, <laughs> right? We wouldn't be a show yeah. unless we didn't get some, some cute little quote from Jim Nano. So I feel like I can check that off the list. We'll just end the episode now. We're done. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that, that was cool. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's ever changing, right? There was that, that push of, you know, technology changing, things are getting smaller, quicker, you know, all that. We, we were, you know, going through that whole big push and it was very exciting. And then all of a sudden the wheels fell off around the, the world. And now this is kind of the world we live in and, and we got to plan accordingly. Uh, so it, we can still make a challenge, Matt. It, yep. It's been a challenge to, yeah. to get equipment and, and um, uh, development of new equipment has slowed down tremendously. Also, sure. the, the big switch in our equipment now is going from um, I'm going to say old school stuff to uh, uh, Wi-Fi enabled devices or Bluetooth enabled devices. Mm-hmm. But we've seen a slowdown in that again because of the availability of components. I get very nervous on that Wi-Fi stuff, though. You know, it's like signals get interrupted all the time. I was just uh, this past week I was I was playing on music. Right. So uh, and we were using these, these packs that were wireless and usually i'm i'm plugged hard in you know my, my ears are hard in and they're like no here use this pack and man it was just like stressful you know it's like all right now i gotta monitor the batteries and like i know he's got another fr- fresh set of batteries but it's something i gotta pay attention and look at right and i'm just like and it, as we're playing and doing it like okay and make sure everybody got your cell phones off while we're on platform because it, it, if something comes through it's going to cut out the signal and sure enough that was happening it was looking to search for the different rf signals and you know it's it's like another thing so i'm not completely sold on the whole wireless thing i think it's neat it's cool but uh technology well, that's why every good professional investigator should have a 12 year old on retainer yeah <laughs> when you have a problem um, yeah. i do my neighbor's great with my look yeah. my neighbor's 12 years old he's great with remote controls yeah. and cell phones uh, yeah. but you, you're you're going to have to learn the technology and just yeah. not going off on a on too much of a um a side line but that you brought up another good point that i just thought about is when when you purchase a piece of equipment you know, don't wait until you're in the parking lot of the bar that you got to go into to do a surveillance to say, how, how do I turn this thing on? Yeah, right. Where's the instruction manual? Oh, it's in Chinese. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. yeah. Get the piece of equipment. That's oh. why I like when guys right. and girls buy stuff and put it on a shelf that they're familiar with, that yeah. you can pull that piece of equipment off and you know how it works. Or in a minimal amount of refresher time, you can get back up to speed with it. Yeah. But if you buy a new piece of equipment and you're trying to learn how to use it in the parking lot of the bar you're going into, that that's not going to be a good good outcome. Yeah. One of the things I do with, with folks that just start working for me is I give them like fake assignments to start. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, go. That's great. Pretend, go do this thing and, and, and write a report and, and use the equipment and, and make your mistakes over there. So, so when it's the I real deal, <laughs> you know, we, we got it all, uh, we got it all worked out and it, it's good because I get to see their thought process and we talk through things. Um, so it's not only, um, you know, I, I bring them with me at times to do things and, Hey, this is how I do it. This is why I do it. And that kind of sets in and they, oh, okay, the light bulb goes on. Uh, but then also giving them the opportunity to go off on their own and do it and, uh, you know, coach them through it, I think is a good way for doing things. So what do you see as the, the I mean, you talked about Wi-Fi, but any other trends or any other things that you see coming uh, down the pipe here in the next year or so? I, I can't imagine devices becoming a lot smaller than what we have right now, at least at our level, maybe down the line somewhere we'll be able to get more micro devices. 
Um, but there comes a point when things are just so small that they become really become unusable yeah. um, because they're just so small and they're hard to manipulate and use. Um, I think size wise, I think we're at a, a pretty good spot where you can get some relatively small devices to conceal. Um, although I say Wi-Fi all the time, most of the devices, they'd be better off described as Bluetooth. Right. Um, but people just, they, the manufacturers still use the word Wi-Fi. You don't yeah. need a network to work most of these devices unless it's an IP device. Right. But I think the Bluetooth devices connecting to your cell phone, that seems to be the big, that's the big trend where we're going with almost every piece of equipment. Yeah. An example, most of the equipment that Lawmate manufactures now they're retooling in the same physical piece of equipment, but the internal are going to be Bluetooth or Wi-Fi enabled. Um, and I think that's just, that has been a game changer yeah. um, when it comes to equipment, the ability to look on your phone or someone else to view on your phone, what you're actually recording. And to, uh, I mean, we go back, you know, go back five years and ask anybody who did surveillance, how hard yeah. it was to change the time, date and stamp on equipment. Yeah. I mean, you had to put a TXT file and it had to be, exactly spaced and if something was capitalized when it should have been lowercase or there's an extra space nothing worked now with the lawmate devices i mean you take out your cell phone and it's a wheel to change a date and the time and you're done in seconds yeah. and unless you've experienced the old way of things you can't appreciate how easy it is to do now but there was a time five or six years ago that it was a major problem just to set the time date and stamp on a piece of surveillance equipment right. not on a camera or a video camera i'm talking on a covert small device that doesn't exist anymore. So I think the technology is catching up. The firmware, they do constant firmware updates. The availability is great. Yeah. Um, the devices are sized about where they should be. Um, it just, we're going into the Wi-Fi or, or the Bluetooth um, age. And I yeah. think that's where this is all about. I think the advances, in my opinion, that we may see is is battery life. You know, just that power source being extended and longer and then figuring out ways to get more juice out of less real estate. Well, we've, I'll give you an example. We've seen that within the last year with GPS trackers. Mm -hmm. um, we've gone now to a battery that, and let me see if I can, if I can describe this right. The battery is actually smaller in size, but it has a larger life capacity. So we've downsized the size of our GPS battery, our external battery by about 25%, yet we've increased the capacity by almost 30%. So, you know, now you can get two and a half months off, off a single charge off a battery where before you'd be lucky if you get a month and a half, maybe under optimal conditions, two months. So you are right. The batteries are becoming smaller and the capacity um, is increasing. So th that is a good point. I think we'll see yeah. better battery life in a lot of these components moving forward. Yeah. And that's that's a, a good thing. And, and you know, just if we're going Wi-Fi, we're going Bluetooth. I mean, they're devices that charge. Power use. Yep. They charge. Well, well, there's now devices that like charge wireless, which I still don't understand how that happens, but apparently they can do that. <laughs> so, my, my car, yeah. my cell phone, I, I throw it in my holder in the car. And there's no wires. It just, yeah. Yeah. you know, it does the, the charging automatically, which is yeah. great. Um, I don't know how long it'll be. We get to that point with surveillance components or devices, um, but that's the technology exists and it's yeah. only a matter of time till it filters down to our level. Yeah, which is cool stuff. I mean, I, I can remember the good old days where, you know, you're, you're wearing some sort of camera and you're not sure if it's the, like the right angle or, or anything like that. And you get, you're like, oh, I just got this great footage. You go back uh, to your office and you look at it, it's like Becky the Seagull. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, seriously, man. Like, what, I had lots of instances <laughs> where you go back to the shop and you've got great video of the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you turned it off when you thought you turned it on and you got, you know, yeah. a great 35 minutes of the inside of your car. Yeah. Um, and that's what's so nice with the Bluetooth to be able to view it on your cell phone is there's no doubt that you're live. There's no yeah. doubt you're recording and you've got the right angle down for what you're trying to get. And I think that w what helps is that, you know, the, the public perception of 
someone looking down at a phone, you know, it, it it's part of everyday life. You know, um, you're not raising any flags as to why you have your, your phone out and looking. The, the only place where that gets a little tricky is if, uh, you know, you, you got to go into some sort of gentleman's club and uh, no phones are allowed. Uh, like, you know, I, I got to go photograph the stairs on the the, the VIP club because somebody tripped and fell down there. I've had a few of those cases over the years. It's like, okay, well, how do you do that? Because, you know, you, you're not, not allowed to have phones out. Um, so you get creative on things. But, um, yeah, that, that would be... Uh, that would be one of the things that that mm-hmm. uh, that I can think of there. But uh, just seeing how this new technology and having you know having the ability to look at things um, while you're doing it is you know you said it before it's it's been definitely been a game changer been been really cool stuff. So yeah, it's really increased the quality of your work product um, where you don't have yes our surveillance you know surveillance video surveillance video it's not studio produced mm-hmm. video and I actually have that right in my retainer. So the client understands it's not television. This is not Magnum PI. I don't have a red Ferrari. I've got a black Kia with 350,000 miles on it. So, and I I say that all the time, but some people in in the world are under the misimpression that, you know, you're going to get something like on television and and it's hard, if not impossible for us to get that sort of quality in in our world. I mean, it's, it's covert surveillance. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get jumpy images. Yeah. You're going to get, you know, muffled audio. That's the reality of it. There's no uh, multi-camera cuts and uh, and music. No, there's no take two. You're not adding music to the files. <laughs> no, no background music. <laughs> Fantastic. So we're going to wind down here, Jim. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure, man. I, I love catching up with you. It's an easy interview for me. I feel like I had a day off here. <laughs> so. Matt, the pleasure's mine. Yeah. I mean, you're a great guy. I love what you do. We're yeah. relatively close in, in our areas and, um, it's, it's always been a pleasure to work for you. I, I love what you do as far as your product and, and everything you got going on. You're, you're a great asset to our profession. I don't say industry. I always yeah. use the word profession and I think you're a great asset to our profession. No, I appreciate that. And, and congrats on the, uh, impending retirement to, uh, for military service, man. That, yeah, I got uh, 22 years in as yeah. a, uh, I'm chief petty officer E7 in the reserve for the coast guard, three deployments and mandatory ages retirement 60. So, uh, they're going to throw me out in a, a little less than a year screaming and hollering, but uh, it's, it's time to go from that one. So, yeah, well, thank you for, for serving and doing all this stuff. I, I really appreciate it. So thank you. All right, guys, the love fest is, is over here with me and Jim Nano. So we're going to let you guys go and uh, get onto your daily work. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking the show out and we'll have a new episode for you next week. Everybody have a good week. Take care. Hey, thanks for tuning in and checking out this week's episode. Jim had some great tips for investigators, especially those just starting out. We also want to thank Crosstracks, NCISS, OREP, and Investigator Education Consultants for sponsoring our show. Please support our great supporters. Have you thought about joining Investigators Toolbox yet? Now's the time to get on board and join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. Just use code PIP201836 to save 10% on membership. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next week with a new show, so make sure you tune in. Stay safe out there.